0: The Pig and the Bear is a collection of conversations between two best friends of 30 years, ranging from friendship to spirituality <laughs> and all the stuff that happens in between. We hope you enjoy
1: Steve Gallagher Good morning, friend Oh,
0: Beautiful June, summer, Saturday morning
1: It is uh, No, July What'd you say, June?
0: I did say June
1: Yeah, you're a little behind July Alright, so I'm, I'm thinking that we're gonna have a wide-ranging um, Field of topics we'll cover today and I need to say this to begin with. I'm going off of okay. just a couple of hours of sleep. Um, I have really aggravated my rib injury. And so I'm going to need you not to make me laugh today. Can't promise anything. Oh, God. I'm in for
0: torture. What is what is time with Whistle Pig and the Bear if we're, if we're not having an occasional laugh? At
1: minor your expense. Oh, so yeah. So my pain is—it's going to be worth it if it brings laughs. Okay, I got you. I got you. This it's has been, been our. This has been our relationship for thirty years.
0: It at some point in most of our time together, one of us become the dancing monkey.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's
0: I don't true. want. I don't want to wage. Uh, put a wager on what percentage of the times you're the dancing monkey. Verses, <clears throat> but your stories often do, do take the,
1: yeah, they're, they're something, aren't they? I was, I was telling, uh, some friends yesterday about my most, uh, about the most interesting funeral I ever officiated. Cousin Crystal.
0: I was going to ask you if this was your cousin.
1: It was. So maybe we'll save that for another time. That's, that's pretty dark. Just right out of the, out of the, out of the bat, off the bat, on the bat. What's what's the preposition? Right off the bat. That's what I thought. Okay. I can remember
0: standing in Tom Bazudo's parents' kitchen. They had just bought a place in um in Lakeland.
1: Shout, shout out to my college twin.
0: Yes, <laughs> your doppelganger. Yep. Who Nicole accidentally hugged? No, she grabbed his butt. Oh, I thought she hugged him. I thought she walked up from behind and embraced she him. He came up from behind and grabbed his butt. Yeah, so and I'm I pretty remember,
1: sure. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that's how. Yeah. It.
0: And you walk in. Uh, Aaron Vaughn was there. Shout out to to uh, our little, little sis. sister. Yep. Aaron Vaughn, and uh, you walk in, and you've just found found out the story about your cousins.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And that whole thing. So. Yes, these stories are etched into my memory. <laughs> time place where I was when I heard it for the first so, time.
1: Sometimes I think you've told my stories more than I, I have. I am
0: pretty pretty close to it, if not.
1: So Hey, hey this was a busy week. Yeah. Lived in so the we first week of camp. You had, had our grand opening of the the tea shop and bookstore. That's right. We opened Matt's books yesterday. Bright, Bryson City, mm-hmm. North Carolina. If you're there under, for the summer, under uh, yeah, we're under the uh, the the business auspices of uh, Appalachian Tea Company. Which okay. um, for those of you who are not Bryson adjacent, um, we'll we'll uh, be ramping up our online 35 beautiful loose leaf teas you can choose from. We'll ship it to you, uh, the dried tea that is not the not the prepared beverage when you when you talk about
0: tea in north carolina i feel like the tea conversation immediately swings to um
1: sweet tea so we have a great sweet tea and we've got the secret ingredient i can't speak about what is it just tell me nobody's listening uh no right that is uh it makes all the difference in the world so we've got wonderful sweet tea is it oregano it is. How did you know? Um, and we got freshly squeezed lemonade and limeade. We've got, uh, we partnered with the local farm, Darnell Farms, to secure their uh, their strawberries for our strawberry lemonade. Oh, wow. And we have tea. Do you boxes. have exclusive rights with. Hi, you know, like I don't want to say. You guys are that. the only tea company using their
0: strawberries? Like, you Weird. have to come to ATC to get their strawberries
1: uh, uh, for tea. Uh, for tea i think so i'm not yeah. uh, or lemonade either one we do both we've got boba oh my god boba is crazy hot how do you not like boba i mean just I, saying the name I, boba i, is I fun. can't do it because it's too sweet we don't really we don't do the trick yeah you make it with condensed milk so that's mm. super sweet already <clears throat> and then our boba is not your traditional tapioca pearls our boba is little crystals of sugar uh, little little bubbles of sugar with um basically sugar juice on the inside of them mm. so when you bite one it kind of gushes in your mouth mm. anyway you had me know, you sweet. had you had me at bubbles idea uh, yeah i know i know um <laughs> Sold some I feel like
0: I feel like we're on NPR <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a cooking show. <laughs>
1: well, I said, you know, I was a I don't know if the audience knows this, but you I need was producer. I was a producer for a pilot for the food network. Yes. So it never made it to air, unfortunately. And it was
0: not chopped or beat Bobby Flay, but it's not too far, not too many degrees of separation from those.
1: No, it was called uh, the great um church cookout. Of course it church cookout. Yeah, or something like that. Anyway, they would bring in three teams of people who cooked for churches or religious services. <clears throat> One sister pair had um I think brought 50 people into their home after oh, wow. after uh Hurricane or Superstorm Sandy in New York and had fed them every day and then there was a married couple from um, Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, who were part of the Catholic Church that I think fed twenty-five thousand homeless and people uh, a week, a week. <clears throat> and then two youth pastors from West Virginia, who were sought on taking their county, Shout which out West was Virginia. which was the most per capita obese uh, county in the country and they were trying to introduce as a part of their church a uh, wellness plan through diet. And, uh, yeah, so they would come on and give their stories and they would compete in biblical challenges. So like there was a wheel you would spin and it was the Noah Ark two by two and you'd have to repurpose, a, a macaroni and cheese or, uh, um, hamburger and fries or something like that. And they had, uh, so sorry this never made it to air because i was in the ear of the executive producer who was in the ear of the uh, host and talent and uh, we were doing a um, garden of eden challenge where they were having to use apples okay right? i get a little nervous when a cooking
0: <laughs> show starts with the garden of eden all right everyone <clears throat> you have to strip naked and yeah, only right. wear
1: fig leaves yes be careful um so i had researched apples <laughs> don't get too they had, close to that gas range no they i know right they, oh by the way pete rollins had to send out an apology uh, pete rollins for those you don't know is a is a, a a guy we we know have worked with some but he's uh, uh author and uh, uh philosopher and um, theologian but he uh, he had to issue an apology yesterday emailed to twenty thousand people because he had sent what? out he had sent out uh, an invitation to his pubic seminar. Nice. <laughs> God
0: <laughs> God. That's
1: this hurts my ribs so bad. <laughs> this... <laughs> oh, oh God.
0: You wonder anyway. how often that happens at Publix, like a letter, yeah, the neon yeah, yeah, sign, yeah. Yeah. gets L gets burned
1: out. Type well, of that, that would still be pubics, not Pubic. <laughs> so you'd have to have a couple of letters there. Got it. Um, anyway, I, I'll never forget though. I'm in the t- I'm in the hosts here and the talents here, and uh, they're in this challenge on the garden of eden with apples and i you know i'm feeding them facts about spirituality and apples and how it yeah. probably wasn't an apple it was probably a fig because of the fig leaves but it could have been a pomegranate anyway all that yeah crap. and uh anyway one of the guys was running and he slipped and I, I i just off the top of my head i'm like and that's what we call the great fall that's what we call a great fall <laughs> so I, the talent said and that folks is what we call the great fall <laughs> I was like, "Yes, y-
0: you had you had found your uh, purpose in life right there."
1: Oh man, that would have been all of your
0: awesome worlds show. collided in
1: in a beautiful fashion. And I, be got, I got the in I got paid a thousand dollars a day. Nice. They blew me up and put me up in New York, and I ate at celebrity chefs' restaurants for every meal. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so, God, life would be so different if they had actually put that show in the air. So, anyway. So, we had all that going on. Nicole's birthday was this week. She turned 45. Happy birthday, Nicole. That's my wife. That's my wife. That's, That's my wife. wife. You remember what I'm referring Cedric, to there? Yes. World Marriott. Oh, yeah. World Marriott. Um, yeah. I'm interested to hear later, not today, yeah, about about Liv's experiences with, with yeah. uh, her first what, what was an FCA camp, Fellowship yeah. so of Christian Athletes. <clears throat> her first
0: um, away from home camp experience, and um, yeah, so I'm doing a lot of processing with her on on that experience and everything that that entailed. But that'll be its own episode once yes. I have a thumbs up from her to
1: share. Yeah. Maybe we could even have her on it. I don't know. I told her, I
0: said, why don't you uh, sit down with me and uncle Matt <laughs> when he's in town next week and let's, let's just unpack it in the morning. And she was like, yeah, that sounds like fun.
1: <laughs> I'm sure she did. Yeah. Um, so you got crate. the tea
0: company open. Yeah. That's the, uh, the bookstore there is open. You got a, a great supply of books that you're feeding in there. So folks who normally, or or a space where you might not normally be able to find off the beaten publications, books, works. Uh they could find at Matt's Books at ATC, so that's exciting. Nicole forty five. Your in laws were recently in town for, for a week or so. Um I mean you've been going nonstop since I have not had a break. Since school got out. And then you're here um Preaching a, Preaching a week tomorrow. from this Monday. Yeah. Are you preaching tomorrow? i am
1: we're in a we're in a series
0: you're like the holiday pastor
1: yeah i guess so right
0: like if it's a holiday
1: well jeff uh our lead pastor my friend jeff he's uh they're reopening today the yard which is their space which is right next to us so they have opened a business he and a, a friend chad smith who's an elder at the church they've opened a business which is uh, called the yard and uh, today will be the first day they have beer i got a phone call uh, while i was being interviewed by another teacher who also happens to be an ag pastor and uh i got on the phone and i'm like yeah i'd, I'd take the blackberry sour over or a cider over the uh straight apple and i got a phone i'm like i bet you don't interrupt any conversations to discuss uh, what beers you're going to be serving uh <laughs> this weekend with your lead pastor <laughs> funny so anyway it's just it's cool so what's it's, so it's, what it's is cool, the yard it's a cool concept it's right across from our uh smoky mountain railroad okay which is where polar express it's a tourist uh, destinations yeah it's huge and so it's right across the street and during the winter months uh, when it's it's cooler they have a synthetic ice skating rink and then there's just this great space to sit and have a drink and talk and there's fire pits everywhere and, and and all that kind of thing um and then what they do in the summer is they take that synthetic ice skating rink and they cover it with astroturf and so there are yard games and all oh, those cool. kinds of pieces and so uh, it's just a third space so We had our grand opening and then, and, and we're adjacent to them. Like I walk out my door of our business and I see his business. Um, we use the same parking lot, all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, he, he reopens his, they've been closed since January, um, today. So, um, pretty sure that's why I got the nod for this week to preach, but uh, it's going to be interesting. We're in a series. I forget what the name of the title is. I'm really bad with that, but it's uh, basically um, revisiting, retelling the stories that shaped us and our youth you from the you Bible. You don't have it
0: on the sign in front of the church this week. We don't Continuing have, we series. Don't, no, we don't have that. No, you don't um, have the LED
1: board. Mm-mm. In fact, I just read his email where he said it and I have already forgotten it. But um, the point is, is, we're revisiting these and how we read them differently. And so uh, I'm doing. Uh, Noah and the Ark and the Flood, you know, basically moving beyond fluffy flannel board elephants to genocidal God. (laughs) So that'll be interesting tomorrow.
0: (laughs) When you said how we read it differently, I was
1: like, you read it slower,
0: you read it quicker, read it quicker, you read it every other word.
1: It was an amazing thing to get here. And it had been years, I mean, probably 20 years, maybe 15, at least since I had been directly responsible for a children's ministry. I'm, I'm not anymore. I'm just doing uh, youth and trying to get some kind of young adults thing going here. Um, but uh, looking at the curriculum, From really good evangelical folk, you know, I'm talking about this isn't sitting some flake, but, but the best stuff that's out there um, by and large. And so many of them spend so much time in the old Testament. Um, They really, yeah, you got a lot more characters. It's got a lot more characters. It's more narrative. It's um much more violent. And they really, really love getting on that soldier for god kind of piece. But I remember like, I don't know, I don't know, we're not gonna tell Noah's flood story. Cause I'll have to unpack that when they become teenagers and they're like, wait, what? What? It's this is not happy, funny rainbow animals walking into the into the ark anymore this is about god where wiping put, out humanity
0: where did they put all the elephant poop I like know, those right. questions that come up in yeah kids
1: bible stories so my 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 theory of children's ministry uh and I, i'm indebted to Pete um for this uh, by the way great podcast "The bible for normal people he and jared bias but um I'm indebted to him because he he's done three years of children's curriculum. That is just Jesus. And he's like, he's like, Hey, when they get to middle school, start to fill in the background, but they don't need to understand the context of the Israel or Israeli tribes or the surrounding, uh, religions when they're in fourth grade, they don't, they don't need that, you know? so that was my approach uh littles tell them about just you know i I was cool with just teaching them a fruit of the spirit hey this is we're gonna spend talk we're gonna spend each week for a month talking about what is kindness okay what is goodness what is and it's crazy because people would call me and want to sell me their curriculum and i'm like i i um I really don't wanna spend any time any any large time at all in the old testament until they're that's, in middle school. That, and they and would tell me that's qu-
0: three that's three quarters of their uh they of would their tell, materials. They would
1: tell me, Well, the the scripture you you, you need to have them have the biblical literacy. And I'm like, Yeah. I said, but developmentally they're not ready for that. And they're like, Well, you'll have to disagree and I said That's why I'm not buying your product. (laughs) I'm like, I understand where you're coming from. I disagree with your premise. I don't think children (laughs) need to know that stuff. Well, what if they'll be biblically illiterate? I said, show me anybody who's not biblically illiterate these days. Right. I mean, come on. So anyway. Yeah. So the difference of
0: being biblically misinformed, misinstructed, those pieces... Yeah, having to go back, untangle.
1: Uh, you know, and 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 there's precedents from this from our Jewish ancestors. You know, and I'm not talking Jewish as though you and I are Jewish. I'm talking about that they, um, you know, as Christians are indebted to that. But but they had these different pieces and passages of scripture on kind of a developmental track. Mm. So for, in other words, if you just look at the Hebrew wisdom literature of the Jewish Bible, the old Testament, as Christians often call it, you've got proverbs that says it's written to teens, young, young rulers. Right. And it's, it's a kind of an either or most of it you do this and you're wise and you get this you do this and you're foolish and you get this you reap your rewards your your consequences but then you move right on to uh job and job is a correction of that worldview for a, a more balanced or more developed audience which says hey you can be blameless you can be upright you can do everything right and sometimes mm. shit still happens right And then you read that. So you're getting away from this formulaic faith that typically tends to happen when you move out of your teens. Um, And then you get to Ecclesiastes, which is like, screw it all, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's all crazy. So that's there. And I mean, you also have Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, which is meant to be erotic literature. And, um, you know, I've heard it said often that you, you had to be. 30 or 40 I think it was before you were really allowed to read that so there's this understanding by the Jewish people that um and I'm sure this is not across the board but but there's at least that piece where they took into account where you were in your life Uh, and uh, we don't do that as Christians in fact we start with the hard stuff and we tame it and then we wonder why people are, uh, excuse the air quotes, deconstructing mm-hmm. um, because they were told one thing and then Only they realize arrive at forty. No, yeah. yeah, just to arrive at college. Yeah. Wait, what? So,
0: but even even colleges double down and 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 do the same
1: thing christian colleges do
0: right 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 that's that's what i'm saying is
1: i mean you you think about a strong think about what you and i who we were right when we were 18 or 19 coming from our background Mm -hmm. and i know you've done this but think about it for a minute if your freshman year was not at Virginia tech or, or a military Institute. Yeah. Virginia uh, if it Military. Wasn't, if it wasn't at VMI and it wasn't at Southeastern university, but it was at school of the arts. Yeah. How, how radically different would that freshman year have been?
0: But even, even when they like you're, so you get to let's say school of the arts and there's a, there's a different, a broader exposure to people groups and viewpoints and all those things. But even then,
1: and subject matter, I think,
0: I think of Christians, I think of Christian kids who arrive at a, at a secular university and, and I won't, I won't put a percentage on it, but the number of them who then work to find, um, the similar views of the Jesus that they got at home right there's right. there's still a group who are looking for i've got to run back into the version of Jesus that i learned at 15 the certainty right right yeah the that certainty but, the familiarity but I'm, because, I'm not talking
1: i'm not talking about most teens i'm talking about right me and you we were free thinkers yeah yeah, right? yeah. We would have, we, there would have been a cognitive, emotional, spiritual dissonance that would have shaken mm-hmm. us very early. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and my gosh, how much, how much time do youth groups and whatever, you know, was looking at, I, I sold Christ for Christ and Culture by Niebuhr yesterday mm-hmm. and bookstore. I went to a great home. Uh, and I was thinking, <laughs> this book um, was adopted out to a great home how many of our how many of our churches adopt that Christ versus culture mentality oh absolutely not Christ in culture not Christ transforms culture yes. not Christ in paradox with culture but Christ versus culture and we're basically it, it's not education it's indoctrination on this is who the world is <laughs>
0: You know. And and I'm reading. I've been uh, reading a book. Um, it's a a collection of work uh, of um, Deepak Chopra's works. and and it's talking about you know the laws of the universe or the spiritual laws that that God when he when he designed this these are the laws that fall into place. And just does, think, looking does, at these. Wait, does Deepak refer to God as He? Um, I can't this, remember this one. This one's from the '90s. I haven't. I haven't read Deepak he
1: doesn't, in he probably doesn't five re- years. He doesn't.
0: He doesn't refer to God as God.
1: Okay. So universe. The universe. Kind of okay. The, right.
0: the kind of coming at it from that angle. But just just as I've been reading through that and seeing how. Um the first law is the law of pure potentiality or unity. Right. right. Oneness. Oneness and and immediately, you know, the Christian ears go up and oh you're this is where you're going and and so pulling back from that, but seeing how um when your when your view of when your when your anchor starts with self Versus um, objects and I know I'm butchering this, but there's this piece of um, of fear, right and the fear leads to the doubling down of othering, which we've talked about right and S- um, and I think about, yeah and, and how how you you find yourself at least if you came out of uh, fundamental Christianity, how you find yourself in this place of fear because of othering, or you know, I think back like when you were when you were saying us as freshmen and what yep. the what the admonition or the encouragement from home would have been is don't go away and lose your
1: salvation. Don't, I was don't go I, around I, and get educated. I, I was taken aside and told oftentimes I shouldn't go to a Bible college or a seminary because they would. Um, oh, absolutely! In other words, destroy the call on my life, and
0: that and that was for a Christian college, right? Right. So he says, self referral or object referral. Self referral, you have this internal reference point as self um, versus a um, a situational, circumstantial other people, right? And when right. you when you live in that uh, object referral. Starting point, you're constantly seeking the approval of others, always anticipating a response, which is fear-based, um, and we have this constant need to control things, right? Right. And that's and and then all of a sudden your reference point is is ego, and that's not who you really are at your soul and spirit, which is right. which is the the what I would say is the God DNA inside of you, and so you, you're at war within yourself,
1: even in yeah it's um well that's the ego project you know uh, I, I am not the hugest enneagram fan mm-hmm. um as it is commonly taught in especially evangelical white christian circles they've colonized this but the enneagram is an ancient personality typing kind of piece that mm-hmm. steve and i both are aware of and work with some um but The whole idea is that you have this union with God as a child. Mm -hmm. And then there is some wounding moment, whether it is real, you know, an abusive parent, a loss, a trauma, or it's perceived wound. Um, And perception is reality, right? You're you're not cognitively able at two or three to understand why mommy and daddy are bringing a new baby home. Well, yeah. that's certainly not abusive or anything like that, but it is a disruption. There's impact with that flow. There's a wound, po- perceived or, or otherwise, and so the ego is our our willful and conscious attempt to restore the feeling of unity. Mm, right, and so the enneagram has these nine types, or places that and combinations amalgamations of them that basically say this is how if you're five you attempt to restore that on your own and 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 would you would you say that that
0: because uh chopra deepak refers to the ego as the mask that you develop
1: yes yes Uh, another way to say it in some ways would be the um um, defense mechanisms personified okay.
0: and so okay. by put by creating this mask if i become a two a helper right if
1: that's what what worked for me then to, that's... to have a to have an artificial sense of that unity yes right but it's a unity that you're having to build which Construct. actually takes takes yeah. you away from the natural flow yes so the Enneagram's whole idea is to figure out how you've engaged in the ego project so that you can start to dismantle that, hmm. to regain the natural flow of the divine or energy or love uh, in your and life. What's,
0: and what's interesting is is I, I see this overlay that regardless of whether uh, whether you're coming from a, a Christian viewpoint, a will use the term secular just because... It's what will click for some folks, but, um, how all of these are, are similar, if not the same. And so he says, how do you, how do you re-engage with your true self? Right. Time spent in meditation, Mm -hmm. time spent in reflection, um, time spent in, in nature, sitting in silence, Right, and so, and what's hilarious to me, let me, because Keela had said to me a couple of times, hey, I know where your heart is, but it sometimes presents as being jaded, Um, and so I want to be careful to say, yeah, we we have these wounds, I'm not coming at it from a a, um, destructive othering place, Um, but, yeah, I lost my train of thought there, but
1: you're coming at it from a place of authenticity yeah like you we um we can come off as jaded other people would call that still optimistic still Mm -hmm. other people would call that just realistic (laughs) yeah Um, just the facts ma'am i mean yeah um, but yeah i get it i mean so anyway that's um
0: having having those moments i know where i was going with it is how is it that if somebody else speaks the same thing that we speak, if they don't do it through the Christian lens, then it's false teaching, or it's yeah. wrong.
1: Yeah, I had a yeah, I had a really interesting experience yesterday. Um, sitting in in um, the book room and uh, different people coming in from around the country who were there as tourists. And there's this mother and daughter. And husband that walk in and they probably spend over a hundred dollars or right around it um uh, that's cool five dollar and three dollar books right <clears throat> but mom was uh a english teacher and conservative church administrator okay and then a little later in her life she ends up um being Teacher, English teacher at inner city school, and it changes her perspective on everything. So she's kind of like us. She's okay. for her, she said it was reading Richard Rohr changed her okay. life and opened her up. And so now they're in a Presbyterian church and all that. Daughter was super sharp. Um, well, you could tell, incredibly well read, well educated, and does research for a tech firm. Dad is a university professor. Uh, of genetics doing research on animal wow. vaccinations. And, uh, so it was just hearing them back and forth. And so I was kind of catching the vibe that they were, they were, uh, spiritual activists, you know, that they were moving into those pieces. They had a strong womanist feminist perspective. They were, the daughter was saying, here's between the world and me, um, uh, hmm. easy coach, you need to read this one, mom. And they're going back and forth. And so I'm sitting there having conversations with them. And I said, there's an interesting one. I was thinking about it from a spiritual activism point. I said, there's Irresistible Revolution by Shane Claiborne. And the daughter went, uh, and I went, you don't like Shane Claiborne. She said, I read it in high school. I said, what was it? And she said, it's just a little too Jesusy for me. And I was like, okay. And then the thought came to me, what, you know, I didn't want to put her on the spot Yeah, say, yeah. what do you mean by that? Um, but I did. I was like, I wonder what she means by that. And then I remembered, you know, I hadn't read that since college. I don't, I love Shane. Uh, it's hard to believe that that's that old. Personally, yeah. I, I, I love Shane. Per- Listen, man. Irresistible Revolution, I think, was in the same time frame as, Blue Light Jazz, Donald Miller. Mm -hmm. Yeah, within five years of it, I'd say. When you
0: read Blue Light Jazz, did you ever read that? Oh, yeah. Read it in uh, 2002. Discovered it sitting in a Borders in West Virginia. We didn't have money to buy books, so we would go and sit in there and read. And you discovered, here's, and I had never heard a Christian talk about drinking beer and smoking cigars.
1: And But did you ever... Think that he would be a very conservative person running a marketing
0: no, firm? Not at all. He seemed he seemed on the uh, the margins. Like he this was guy, on the margins. For that's those, what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: <sighs> it's amazing how people's stories.
0: I mean, that was oh one oh two. That was twenty years ago.
1: Yeah. But that's who he is today, from everything I can gather. In
0: 2016, 2016, he's leading Storyline, right, which is a conference helping people connect with their story, like helping them write their story. This is who I am. Basic, this is what my life is about. He, he basically, and then he takes a right turn.
1: Yeah, he basically takes logotherapy by Viktor Frankl and turns it into he does a uh, Christian discipleship project.
0: screenwriting. And combines that with Viktor Frankl's, yeah. uh, what is that man search for meaning?
1: Yeah, logotherapy.
0: Yeah, logotherapy, and uh, combines the two, and then somewhere out of the storyline conference, which would happen, one would be in San Diego, one would be in Nashville. It was an annual thing, two to three right. thousand people.
1: And did you somewhere go out of that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you went. We were we
0: were at the one in San Diego. Keila and I went, and that was when my biological dad passed. Um, cause all we had heard is you'll love San Diego. It's the perfect climate. And they had, um, tropical cyclone or typhoon, whatever you call it, hurricanes <laughs> that came through they while did. we were there. And then I got norovirus while we were there and then got a phone call that my biological dad had passed and my boss's husband passed unexpectedly. All that happened in a five day period in San Diego. But yes, but that was, we ran into Alicia Carby there. Um, I know the she Demeos was, uh, at the were conference. huge
1: into storyline. Who? The Demeos. Oh, Jason and Hillary. Yeah, Is I mean who? we we, I, I we actually did that at O. We did a, a storyline at Oasis when I nice. was pastoring there. But, but man, he, he I, I mean, I just don't get it. I mean, I get, I don't know, I don't get it.
0: I think he, yeah, I mean, maybe he quit writing books and said steadier income. We're going to do marketing. I mean, yeah. who would have, who would have thought twenty years ago that you'd be teaching high school science and I'd be working at a arts conservatory?
1: I mean, yeah, it's pretty fascinating.
0: You know, I mean, but he was also going through. Um, he was also, and he tells this like this. This isn't something he told me in confidence because I've never had a confidential conversation with Donald Miller. But he was also working through his wounds. Um, at the on-site, the uh, retreat center in Nashville called On-Site. From his dad? Or lack and, of? Yeah. And so it's he goes for this, it's this intensive therapy where you're um, at this retreat for seven days with therapists and you're not allowed to say what you do the whole time you're there. So okay. he's just Don Miller. Good for him. And he realized... The pressure that he had put on himself from uh, being a New York Times bestseller, writing Blue Light Jazz, never has another New York Times bestseller, at least in that time frame. And what do you do now if if your first book or your second book was a New York Times bestselling author? Where do you go from there? I'm Don. That's where he went.
1: Yeah. Yeah. so you're talking
0: you're talking to the daughter in the bookstore shane claiborne
1: and she just says it's too too jesus Jesus for me too jesusy would you would you say would you say the book was jesusy man i hadn't read it in 15 years i'm like do i read this book to see where i'm at Uh, i mean Mm. i
0: I, but for you to not for for me to not have an immediate recollection of that's I mean, first of all, I'd say that's unusual for you well, to know immediately what she meant by that. You
1: kind of did. I kind of, you... I kind of did. Where I kind of came down with it is um, when when Jesus becomes a rallying cry rather than a model of how to live life or a current presence in your life, cosmic Christ, spirit, whatever. Um, I can kind of, I can kind of, I can kind of see that it's hard for me because I know Shane now Mm -hmm. because I've walked with him in some protests and some places because I've spent some time with him, um, oddly enough teaching at some, or speaking at some of the same seminars, uh, uh, and I just know the dude is right as rain yeah but i i you know he wrote after that one he and he and a co-author wrote jesus for president and I that that sounds horrible well it was just meant to say that us christians our allegiance should be to 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 christ before Mm -hmm. it is to america
0: but Uh, but go back to the the earlier statement that you said
1: for people who don't know, just r- real brief, yeah. hold that. Um, Shane wrote a book called Irresistible Revolution. Shane had worked with Mother Teresa when she was still alive. He had gone to, uh, I think it was Iraq, and been there. He w- came back to the U.S. and was part of a neo-monastic movement where people lived in concerted community uh, called The Simple Way in Philadelphia uh and uh he he currently has a ministry where he takes guns and beats them into literal plowshares and crosses and those kind of things uh he's very much against the um uh, death penalty he's he's very much on the side of those in the margins and and what have you so i know him and i just know how solid of a human being he is. He's currently partnering a lot with Dr. William Barber, um, here in Greensboro. Yeah. Here in yep. North Carolina with moral Mondays and those kind of pieces. But I can, I can see that he just said the word Jesus so much, hmm. you know, felt youth campish or felt, um, kind of that kind of piece where it's almost like a pep rally rather than it is a long obedience in the same direction as peterson would say um so i i that's where i think that's what she meant by it because she was she was reading a lot of christian authors she was it wasn't that she was anti christianity or or i mean i could tell that she was an admirer of jesus um but I don't know. I think, I think there are people who are, and rightly so are wary of people who use uh, Jesus as a platform. I don't think that's Shane. And she admitted she read it in high school. So she was. Well, and
0: here was the thing, not, not to defend it because somebody said to me this week, they were asking where I landed on things. And I just said, it's not that I've landed. Like it's more these questions that I have. And when I said, we were talking about the abortion debate thing, like going on right now, and yeah. and when I gave some some questions that I was processing, they go, "Oh, yeah, you're very Shane Claiborney." They said that Sh- to you this week. Yeah, and I said, um, I said, I don't like Shane Claiborne. I just and you know how I am. I'm the I'm that guy that I go on first impressions, and I'm like, "Yeah, you seem like a, a DB. You're annoying," but wait. that was my. Were you but not was,
1: with, were you not with me at Catalyst? Yeah. You didn't think that was cool what he did at Catalyst? I don't remember. He walked into Catalyst, which is a Christian conference right. for evangelical Christians, and it's, this was years ago, but he walked into this primarily, largely Baptist convention with mm-hmm. a women preachers rock t-shirt on, mm-hmm. and then he was following they had brought up a 10 or 11 year old kid who had memorized all the presidents and who had yeah. written a book on the presidents and yeah. was they they made a big deal out of him um going ahead and declaring he was running in 25 years okay uh for office as a republican yeah. and huge applause and then Shane claiborne it was the must have been either it was the worst scheduling ever in history where somebody was being subversive within catalyst because they yeah. brought him up. He walks out with his long dreads and his homemade right. clothes and he, yeah. with women preachers rock, which was a front to at yeah. least 10%, 20% of the conference. And then he starts out with his pledge of allegiance to the uh, slain lamb. And oh, do wow. you not, re- do you not remember that room? I, just I getting- remember the, that's funny it was that I remember was, the kid. It was so quiet. Like it was you could not have contrasted two different well, people and, anymore. And, and,
0: like you've been on a continual progression who I was in 2006. You were in a different probably, place. Yeah, right? And you, and you were so, probably putting up with some
1: drama from student
0: body yes, leadership. I council. guarantee you I was putting up with <laughs> with drama because but, uh irresistible rebel, So when the daughter says he was too Jesusy. Yeah. Irresistible Revolution was written in 06. Yeah. And so when you think about what was going on in America, what was going on in the church in 06, like you're talking around the time of what is this generous orthodoxy within a few years?
1: You know I'm bad with years.
0: Yeah. Um and so I'm I'm thinking that at that time the 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 more um, expanding view of Christ was not anywhere near where it is today, right? Not in so, our circles. Right, so at least not, and in, in, in it was there. I'm looking to see when Generous Orthodoxy was written because it's important, oh, 04. So they, they're written within two years of each other. Mm-hmm. It's just starting, the emergent church, all of that is bubbling, oh, yeah. Yeah. right? At that time, and so, um, yeah. So if you read that, then the daughter, um, yeah. I, I think it's interesting because how you viewed it, where you were in your in your time when you encountered those things. Like I, I identify with her, but on a different on a different um, thread of thought is um, how when you hear it, then. And where they are then, like there wasn't a whole, there wasn't anything to frame that with. Like you couldn't jump in and go, oh yeah, I would, I would put that in the context of because there's so many more voices now. Like they were, there were only a few voices then bubbling to the surface. Sure. There were a lot out there, but, um, and so now, now you have more to frame it with versus being the lone voice, you know?
1: Yeah let's take a second to unpack a a phrase you used there, a term. Um, I I think most of our listeners and friends probably know what the emergent church is, but in the Mm -hmm. case you don't, the emergent church was this movement that happened when basically a group of youth pastors, youth specialties in particular, um, was a evangelical youth ministry kind of thing started engaging with postmodernism. That's funny. We don't talk about postmodernity or metamodernity much right now, but that was all you heard about in Christian circles. Yeah. especially in the academy uh university for years. And postmodernism is this idea that if modernity's quest was to figure it all out, that the idea, hmm. the better instruments, Certainty. the better instruments we develop, the more we'll be able to know until we can get to the point where we can be certain about most things. And then came along quantum physics and entanglement and Ken uh, Wilber, Heisenberg and, uh, uncertain Bohr and uncertainty principle. And you had these philosophers, uh, namely you had a uh, Lyotard and you had, uh, Derrida and you had Foucault okay. and they're these philosophers Lyotard basically said, Hey, beware of anybody who has the narrative. If they're mm. the ones telling the narrative or the story, then that means they were probably the conquerors because mm. the winners are who get to write history. And this would have been what early two thousands. Well, this is when this is hitting the church, yeah, okay. late nineties, early 2000s. Got it. Got it. And uh, so, Latard saying, "Beware of the person with the narrative, uh, the controlling narrative." Um, then you had um, Derrida or Foucault, who basically said, "Beware power. Just, just, just be cautious of the folks who are in power, um, because." Uh, It's to their advantage to basically um, use control to maintain that power or to grow their power rather than truth and and care. And then you had Derrida who basically said, hey, we bring ourselves to the text, whatever that is. It's impossible to not see the world from your vantage point. I'm a white male from America. You know, I Mm -hmm. can't read the Bible the same way a uh, Chinese woman would, or, you know. Right. So,
0: anyway. So, the names again, Derrida, hmm. Foucault, and what was the other one? Lyotard.
1: Okay. And Foucault is spelled F-O-C, maybe C-C, but I think it's C-A-U-L-T. I know it doesn't sound like that, but. Okay. But, anyway. Um So these guys were young youth pastors and they're like, Hey, the world's different. It's just different. Um, objective truth can't be known objectively. So what do Mm. we do with that? And what's interesting is you had Brian McLaren, you had Tony Jones. You had these cats at the same time. Mark Driscoll was was Dan Kimball in that group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're all a part of this thing together. And so, the emergent church started doing things like starting Christian coffee houses or doing church and different personas or they, those kinds of pieces. And nobody really talks about it anymore because it served its purpose. It mm-hmm. was, there was emergent village. There was emergent conversation. There was all these pieces. And basically the point was to, to, it's not dismantle modernity, but to, provide an antidote. So McLaren's mm. famous for saying modernity is a cancer and postmodernity is the chemo. Hmm. Um, it's the, it's our hope of eradicating this cancer, but it also is poison and kill us if that's all we do. Yeah. So at the very beginning, it was a deconstruction, right? And there were prescient folks who basically said, it's a deconstruction to reconstruct. We're moving right. from a We're going to it. We're not going to stop at deconstruction. We're going to stop. We're not, jadedness is not the key. We're, right. We're, there's, uh, I, I've got this quote on my door I'm looking at now. It says, oh God, let us not be afraid to undo what must be undone in order to construct something far better. Hmm. And that was kind of the goal, but you had other people who just kind of got stuck in the middle and the emergent movement kind of it became passe because all of a sudden, where were you not seeing a Christian coffee house? Where were you not uh, listening to this kind of music? Where were you not, you know? And so um, that was incredibly formational for me. I was an early adopter in the emergent conversation. I would not identify now as an emergent Christian because I'm not quite sure what that means. Hmm. Um, But um, that was an important piece in my life in the deconstruction of many people. Brian Donald Miller was not one of those youth specialties guys. He was not Mm -mm. one of those people doing that. He was in the Northwest. That's what I was going to say. He was coming from the PAC Northwest, which was a
0: whole different – Voice, right. or view of Christianity or of Christ, but
1: Blue Light Jazz became it got caught up by the same kind of folks who were reading the emergent stuff,
0: and Blue Light Jazz wasn't a Christian book. No, it was a memoir. It and it was a memoir written by a Christian, but it was not a Christian memoir. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't about Christ, like it. Yeah, he he was no trying one, to be, and that's he was when trying you to be a writer yeah and the thing was was at the same time relevant magazine
1: is coming onto the scene my greatest professional mistake
0: (laughs) what was your professional mistake with relevant
1: i got relevant i got a free copy of relevant magazine for every southeastern university student i i made that happen and students hated it why am i getting this magazine we
0: gave it out. It you uh, had it, so we gave it out at orientation. Like Nuts everybody it. got a, a swag bag, and it had a copy of Relevant in it.
1: Yeah, and then they got it in their mailbox every month. Every nice. Every time it came out, and they hated it.
0: I mean, freaky heck! But but Relevant comes out kind like of like that
1: a... U two album that gets dropped into your iTunes, and you didn't ask for it. Everybody loves. Uh, U2 I forgot U2 about until that, that controversy. Moment. Yes. Well, it's a little odd that you had a picture of that that album cover was a little strange. Was that the black and white one? Black and white with the Is guys. Is that one red? No, it's no, it's guys' waist and then like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. jeans and a, a shirtless. But you see his waist and there's another guy with his head near the crotch. Yes. Embracing him. It was an odd thing to just all of a sudden. <laughs> Whoa, what? Wait, huh? What, what am I listening to? Pete Rollins, Pete
0: Ennis. Biblical instruction, Shane Claiborne, Blue Light P, Jazz, P, storyline P, P-N's,
1: not P N's, not N's.
0: I'm sorry, I've got N's, E N N S. Uh, Emergent Church, Postmodernism Certainty, Leotard. Lyotard. L Y Lyotard. L Y O T A O Dardo. Derrida.
1: Listen, if you screw up if you screw up Soren's last name right now, I'm hate that.
0: And then we end up at U2's imposed album, <laughs> U2, because I, I do, I write this down for the show notes so that people... I know, I know who, you do. I know yeah. you do. Um, but, and so I can remember reading in Relevant, this article, and I had never considered the difference of how Christians differentiate secular and Christian, right? And so... So in the in the thought of Blue Light Jazz, God, we're giving Blue Light Jazz a lot of publicity today. I know. Um, I don't know why. I don't know how or why, but, um, but all of a sudden going, wait a minute, there are bands who are Christians, but they're not doing Christian music. Jars of Clay, right? Like there was this... Uh, P.O.D. Uh, everybody would ask a switch footer, P.O.D., are they Christians? Yeah, but they don't make Christian music. Creed, right? And they would get... Oh, and if they got secular airplay, quote-unquote, then they had sold out. MXPX. And, and so when this happens, that those are my earliest memories of going, wait a minute, why does it have to be... Why can't they just do what they do without us having to put them in a category? Right?
1: Yeah. Well, And that's- so the
0: emergent church started helping deconstruct some of those walls hey, we surrender. That's a secular record label. And so anyway,
1: tangents. That's all. We should have just called this tangents. That's that's what we
0: should have done. Girl in the bookstore. So where did it end? How did the conversation end with the family in the bookstore?
1: Uh, We just had a great time talking. And um, I was able to recommend a couple of books. And they were some Denise Levertov who's a great poet and some uh Nguyen Han um, every
0: time I see his name I know I can't I know it's your wanna, Mongolian wanna, roots that's what it is I feel like I want to say it in the mother tongue yes
1: if I look at go ahead um yeah, so we just had a really pleasant conversation, and uh, the dad was really pissed. He got that look that you give me a lot of times. It's like, we've been here for 45 minutes. Yes. He came in three times and he said, We, I, he joked the first time. Second time he came in, and he said, No, I was serious. Third time he says, Guys, we only have so much space in the truck. That's what I was thinking when you said they're buying books and traveling. Yeah,
0: so thick nat han.
1: Is that how you say it?
0: No, I'm saying when I look at it, oh, I go thick nat han, or han, but the h is on the end, not in the middle. So I go han. Thick nat han, and how do you say it?
1: I don't. I don't know the proper way to say it. No, I'm saying
0: how are you saying it? Thick not
1: han. Thick not han. That's how i say Yeah. But okay. Someone write he, in and or send us a pronunciation.
0: Yeah. Is he Buddhist? I mean, because we need labels. You think? <laughs> Look, just because he's short and bald doesn't make him Buddhist.
1: He passed recently.
0: He passed this year. Yeah. Yes, he was a Buddhist Zen master. Yeah.
1: He uh so if you're is, a
0: Christian, you can't reading. Sorry. This is a
1: great well he did Living Buddha Living Christ, right? So you can only read half the book. This is a great That book. was a joke, by the way. I know. Planting seeds, right? Okay. Practicing mindfulness with children. And it's his it's from his plum village community, which was their area. So uh
0: is this what you're using for your children's church curriculum?
1: I have used pieces of it, yeah. Yep.
0: Because this thing started with flannel graphs.
1: Oh, yeah. Love me some flannel graphs. I'm probably going to avail myself of a lot of John Walton's um, The World of Genesis.
0: John Boy Walton?
1: Mm, no, not good night, John Boy. John Walton.
0: John, no relation to Sam Walton?
1: Maybe. If he is, he's banked. <laughs> and all right, what are you, so, what are
0: you What are you availing yourself of with him? You said you're going to avail yourself oh, of John for, Walton. Oh, for
1: tomorrow's sermon. Oh, got it. You brought up flannel boards, so I went yes there. All right, let's shift gears a little bit. You all right with this? Yep. It's what we do. What a crazy week in the NBA.
0: What what what's going on with Durant?
1: Durant. So Kyrie signed in, but he's wanting to go to the Lakers. Something fierce, according to sources. But Durant demanded a trade. He wants a trade.
0: Because he, Kyrie's leaving.
1: He just supposedly there's just problems with the with the with the front office. Um, Man, some people said he got pissed. You know that the Warriors won another title without him. So he's asking to either be moved to Miami or what was the other spot he said? I can't remember. Miami or the, was it the Clippers? I don't know. But a lot of people are thinking he's going to be heading to Toronto.
0: He wants to play for the Heat, but only alongside Butler. And Bam. Bam and Cal Lowry. Yeah. What's the other team that
1: was looking Uh, at Considering
0: the little assets, uh, the Phoenix Suns.
1: Yeah, yeah, Suns. I think he'd love to beat the Warriors and be the guy who drove that.
0: Even if the Heat and Durant were open to a deal involving Adebayo, he legally can't be traded to the Nets right now. Teams are not allowed to have multiple multiple players on designated rookie extensions that were acquired via the trade, and the Nets have already
1: already have Ben Simmons on such a contract. So that's going on. You've had a couple of huge trades already, right? You've had some people sign in and and, and renew with the teams that they're going. Um, And there's beef going on between Stephen A. Smith and Kyrie um, yeah, Irving. There's all kinds of – Did you – what about – Draymond Green. <laughs> Draymond, Green <laughs> Draymond Green, I love that one. And Kendrick Perkins. Oh, uh, Kendrick, Dray, Kendrick. Draymond – Draymond came on and and apologized. I don't know Did if he you saw that. No, I didn't see that. Oh yeah, he I don't. Said I don't that. like
0: Draymond Green. I, I wanted don't. to talk about this during the the playoffs and the championship. I just don't like Draymond Green. I like so Draymond. then for Kendrick to,
1: for those to, of you who don't know, uh, he used he called Kendrick Perkins, who is a NBA he's an analyst, analyst, but was a center for the yeah for the for Celtics, Celtics for the Thunder and um and has kendrick, a championship kendrick's a big dude he blew up <laughs> like like he said he said i see what you're doing matt hewitt and i'm gonna i'm gonna hold yes, my beard. i'm gonna,
0: gonna two up uh, you
1: yeah and uh anyway so draymond in his podcast called him
0: the c word racial slur
1: and so um kendrick was like you got me all left up man no we don't do this and came back at him and then draymond said hey growing up in saginaw michigan which is where draymond grew up i'm pretty sure he says that word did not have the racist connotations that come on it did in the south he said that's when he said that's when we were talking about people being stupid or goofy but it's so 2022. I know. You know I what know. the word is. I know. Um, but anyway, so that's going on right now. Um, but
0: Kendrick's rebuttal, his his great. response was I think it, priceless.
1: And I think it's off. I think he took it down. Right. But you can find
0: it on YouTube. There.
1: Yeah. But Because um, I called was, you
0: in the middle of the night I know just to watch it with you. I woke you up from the dead of you sleep you saying did. you have to watch this.
1: Hey, but this was the most interesting thing that I heard this week, and I didn't know this. So everybody's making a big deal about how the Warriors are outspending everyone. Okay. Right. That they're going into the luxury tax and then some to hold on to the people they're holding on to. Now, unfortunately, uh, Gary Payton, uh, the second signed with um, Portland um, Juan Toscano Anderson signed with the Lakers and Otto Porter signed, I want to say, with Toronto. Um, uh, and that's sad to me because I and Damian Lee just signed with Phoenix, I think. Yeah, anyway, with the sons, they, they, but this is what I think it was Brian Winhorse who explained this. He said, What people don't talk about is that a year ago or two years ago. The owners of the Golden State Warriors sold five percent of the Golden State Warriors, and that's what they're funding this with.
0: So, the money that the owners made from the from the revenue from the five percent sales
1: well, the owners the owners sold five percent of the Warriors. They only own ninety five percent of the Warriors, okay, which is kind of unheard of.
0: Who owns 5% of the
1: Warriors? They sold it. I don't know if it's publicly traded or if they sold it to certain individuals or what have you, but that's how they, they were willing to give up a little in order to be able to hold on to and grow their brand, which I thought was just pretty stunning. But these are super wealthy people. We're billionaires who own other businesses, conglomerates from which they got their money. Right. They're since they also
0: goober also owns, he's the owner of the warriors. He also owns the Dodgers with magic Johnson.
1: Yeah. So he's already, he's already bought. They've already made return on their investment. I mean, the franchise got to be worth so much more than when they bought it. So,
0: their owner kind of looks like Joel Osteen.
1: He does, and he's a Boston guy, uh, which was interesting them beating the Celtics. But uh, anyway, I just thought that was fascinating in a world where no these owners don't want to give up anything. Right. This guy's like, let me sell five percent of this so I can give my players what they deserve.
0: But how does he give the how does he, I'm missing how selling five percent of it gives him the money to pay them what they. Five percent of what the Warriors is worth is, but he took the revenue of that of sell. Yeah, is what you're saying to yeah. put it back towards the player salaries, back towards the player salaries, it.
1: and and the taxes because there's a hard luxury cap that they have to pay that baseball doesn't have to different things like that. They're only allowed to spend so much without being penalized. So right, right because they pay that. They pay that tax.
0: Did um do you know about Bobby Bonilla Day?
1: Yes. It's one of my favorite days of the year.
0: So He's Bobby Bonilla wasn't the only one to do that. Oh really? Yeah. So oh, listen only to this. I
1: only thought it was Bobby Bonilla. No, no, Bobby no, no, Bonilla no. was a Pirates and then Mets player.
0: Right. Uh, who So he last played for the Mets in ninety nine, played right. in the majors for the Cardinals in two thousand and one, but he gets paid. Through 2035.
1: $1 million okay. on July 1st.
0: He had a second deferred contract with the Mets and Orioles that pay him $500,000 a year for 25 years. So that's that's not even part of Baba Bo, Bobby Bonilla Day. Brett Saberhagen receives $250,000 a year from the Mets for 25 years. That was the inspiration for the Bonilla deal. Okay. Brett Scherzer... Max Scherzer will receive 105 from the Nationals through 2028.
1: Yeah, that that's the most recent, probably, isn't it?
0: Manny Ramirez, 24 million total through 2026 from the Red Sox. Okay. Ken Griffey, three and a half million from the Reds every year until 2024, as part of his deferral from his nine-year, 116 million dollar deal signed in. 2000, 22 years ago. Right. Todd Helton, 1.3 million from the Rockies every year, uh, starting back in 2010 up until 2023.
1: This is what they should do Deferred money.
0: Yes. (laughs) Deferred salaries.
1: Instead of $100 on a sheet cake. Yes. uh, When you leave.
0: $10 a year. Yeah. And you get one slice of the cake for 20 years. That's
1: right. For 20 years.
0: Same cake. We freeze it. Like an anniversary cake, you take it out, you get your slice, and you put it back in the freezer.
1: Did you do that with your wedding cake? Yes. Yeah, we did too.
0: <laughs> you think about all the stuff that, that you used to, you just did it because that's what you do with a wedding, and now these postmodern brides and grooms have deconstructed <laughs> the wedding traditions. Oh. You don't have to wear hell tuxes. Hell. You don't have to rent stuff.
1: And never tell the baker or
0: the photographer that this is for a wedding because the price has a 10
1: multiple. Yeah, that's true. Um, Reminds me of my favorite birthday that became a tragic event. When I was young, I don't know how old, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there, I had told my mother I was eating a birthday cake, and I said, next year I'd like an ice cream cake from baskin Robbins. She said, okay. Fast forward to my next birthday, November. Northern
0: Northern Alabama. Your birthday is in November.
1: My mom brings out an ice cream cake in the shape of a rabbit. It says happy, and then you can tell. Is it hoppy? You could tell. No, it was happy. But you could tell the word Easter had been removed. No. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hyped in its place was birthday. All
0: right. Just in case any of you brushed past this earlier, Matt's birthday is in November. All right. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: My my birthday's in November. Yes. So what had happened is everyone I knew back then had not only the freezer, the refrigerator, but they had an outdoor freezer on the deck. It's called back the, a porch deep freezer. Whatever, deep freezer. And she had gone the week after Easter, the day after Easter, when the Easter birthday or Composer. ice cream cakes had been, uh, discounted. had been discounted. And she put it in the deep freeze. And Listen. I just thought my mom was really smart and I thought it was cool because she did what I asked and it was, it was good. I didn't think anything and about Mark it. And Mark
0: Hewitt had given her a budget. I, maybe. <laughs> I don't you're know. Not supposed so, to spend
1: over $5. So I am, I am recounting this story when I'm engaged to Nicole and her mother and I see like they have tears in their eyes. Like how sad is that? And I'm like, wait, what's going on? you are taking my beautiful birthday memory and you're tainting it. And they're like, that's not good though, Matt. You don't buy an Easter cake and then freeze it for six months. And I'm like, May, June, July, August, September, October, eight months. Eight months.
0: (laughs) Eight months. Now, for those of you who did not grow up (laughs) in the old school environment that Matt and I grew up in, You could deep freeze anything. Anything. And preserve it. I think we ate ate fish that my dad
1: had caught like five years earlier.
0: Oh yeah. Deer meat, bear meat, whatever, groundhog, squirrel. You could you could eat your Hardy's hamburger and you could say, This hamburger is so good, I want to preserve the the second half of it. That's right. That's right. And you could throw it in that deep freeze. It was almost like cryogenics, pre cryogenics. It's like redneck cryogenics. That's exactly what it is. To the point that I'm not convinced that some folks may not have put a loved one, deceased loved one, in oh, their deep freezer to uh, preserve
1: them. There are there's some there,
0: for Now, sure. the dark side of a deep freezer is people would hang on to them because they're massive, like, when they quit working, and then a kid could get trapped in it
1: like a refrigerator. Right. Do you remember those, like public service announcements about
0: that yeah properly disposed seal it up but the thing about a deep freezer was you could lean over it and fall in unlike a stand-up refrigerator
1: well i mean here's the world where we lived in where we played with sticks and rocks and And did anybody ever put you in a dryer yeah of course they did
0: i i used to hide in the dryer yeah of course for hide and seek
1: yeah and and yeah and i hid in the freezer and there you go. oh I mean gosh I remember getting two or three weeks out of our refrigerator box box heck yes over. I mean I can't I can't tell you how much it pains me I don't know this because I'm not a parent but it pains me the number of times at least once a week with one of my friends their kid who's definitely 10 or under, walks up to the dad or mom with an iPad and says, and before they can get it out, mom and dad says, I'm not paying for any roadblocks. Yes. No. And they're like, no, I want this app. My favorite was that happened this week to a friend of mine. He says, no, sweetheart, we're not going to do this because she wanted a, a video app so she could record her and her best friend and put it online. He says, see, this is 17 plus. And she said, but my sister has it. Who's definitely not seventeen? He yeah. Like, well, she shouldn't. And he says, "Not tonight. We'll talk about it later." And she walks off. And as she passes me, she says, "I know the code. I'll buy it anyway." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh god! Wow!" wow. No, did you did you
0: did you get the Weekly Reader? Yeah. So, um, over the summer, I would get a Weekly Reader book. And it was yeah. probably once a month a book would come in the mail. And that was the highlight,
1: not but to be confused called, with Highlight Magazine. But it was called the Weekly Reader, not the Monthly Reader.
0: But it was called the Weekly Reader because you got the paper handout, newsletter, yeah. in school. You could order and sign up for the book. Well, here's something I had forgotten about. Liv and I were looking at... Uh, we were in an um, antique vintage shop, whatever, and... um I had forgotten about mail order in comic books.
1: Oh no, don't forget about that.
0: You open up and there would be an advertisement and it's one page black and white and you would be like oh, 500 plastic army men for $4 or you,
1: sea monkeys or
0: sea monkeys or... and you would you would cut it out. Yeah. Cuz you didn't want to tear it and mess up your comic. You'd cut it out. And you would mail in. And on this little form, it would say no CODs.
1: Yeah, cash on delivery. Cash not on delivery. Not cod. We're not talking about, no, the fish, that not talking the about fish
0: that goes in the freezer. You would mail in a check or money order right. to this. And then it may be eight or 12 weeks. Forget Amazon Prime next day. Eight or 12 weeks. You've You may have even forgotten that you ordered it. You've hit puberty sudden,
1: and you're interested yes, in girls now.
0: And you're interested in girls, but here come the sea monkeys. <laughs> yeah. And the worst would be you didn't have an accurate picture because it's a cartoon drawing.
1: Oh, I know. And right. so what they, you thought were you're like, like this is a little income where they man. wear <laughs> they wear crowns and they You're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> this Ooh, looks like good. Art. And they're like, Well, that's Imagine why. going
0: on Amazon and you don't have a photo of the product.
1: Well, you just have somebody's doodle. It's it's not really sea monkeys. It's brine shrimp. What? Yes. The, what? That right. dude had a trident, and he had a whole family. Right.
0: And he had a family, and they were running around him. But imagine Amazon Prime, no photos, just cartoon sketches.
1: I thought last night of what uh, I thought of the whipping that I would have occurred incurred Oh, my gosh. With, if you would have ordered. With, with Amazon Kindle Books. Oh. Uh, hit the button and buy right then. Instant. If I had known the code, the oh credit card. God. You, can you imagine Mark Hewitt coming home? In one afternoon, I'd bought 450 Kindle Books. The Matt Hewitt alternate universe. Oh, man.
0: Matt Hewitt with with Amazon Prime. The, the other alternate universe. That, uh that I'll wrap up on is I got a glimpse and I told you this earlier in the week I got a glimpse if Matt Hewitt would have stayed on on the trajectory uh, <laughs> that you were probably on when you first arrived at southeastern in 1994 and had you stayed on that trajectory and became everything I was if you a, would have I was achieved a denominator potential right if you quote unquote air quotes If you would have achieved your full potential. That's right. I saw who it was, who you would be today, in probably not too far off form, and it was (laughs) Eli. Eli Gemstone. From the Righteous Gemstone. I'll just leave you with that. So if you haven't watched The Righteous Gemstones, it's highly offensive.
1: Very offensive and incredibly accurate.
0: And incredibly accurate at the (laughs) same as a matter of fact. Like spoiler pe-
1: alert, people who aren't Christian would be like, "That is just implausible. That would yeah. not happen." And, yes. and the, those they, of us who know, no,
0: yes the the only thing or the 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 most high high prob what would you say hyperbolic 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 piece is the worship the lyrics in the worship because they just say Jesus Jesus <laughs> grace mercy cross grace in their in their uh, version of it. But, spoiler alert, so if you haven't watched it and you're going to watch it, uh, skip over this, fast forward 30 seconds, that they're so spot on that (laughs) when the Righteous Gemstones came out, there's an episode about missing money. Yep. Within the year... That's right. ...Lakewood Church... Yep. ...in Houston, Texas, finds, what, hundreds of thousands? Yes. Of dollars in cash that have been hidden in a bathroom wall yep or ceiling
1: yep you have to wonder if they somehow knew about that, beforehand. that that's what
0: i'm saying that's 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 how close it is
1: to tell you this will tell you how much i love this show and it is it's, it's blasphemous in every way yes. possible which is I, I i just bought a graphic novel this morning Called The Second Coming, where it's is from Ahoy Comics. And the idea is that, you know, they can't use Superman because that's DC, but their version of Superman, God sends Superman to be roommates with Jesus so that he could mentor him and how to be the perfect being. So oh I love, love, love. If you want a book that will make you laugh out loud and cry and maybe piss yourself. Yeah, you gotta text uh, me this one. Is is a book called uh Lamb, the uh childhood adventures of Jesus the Messiah as told by his best friend Biff or something like that. It oh is Oh my gosh. It's it a graphic a, novel? No, this one is this Okay is a book by christopher moore it's it's glorious i bought you a copy of it it's on your bookshelf on the left when you're looking at the kitchen and a faux leather biblical treatment but anyway got it the righteous gemstones the very first scene is dad son and son have traveled to asia to have a set the world record for most baptisms <laughs> and they're baptizing in a wave pool. They've got them lined up, and they're baptizing, and they're bickering about who's baptizing better, who's putting them under better.
0: Right. And, they're having this. They're having this sidebar, and the people can't understand right. what they're saying, and so they're and having this.
1: Somebody turns on the wave pool. <laughs> And now, this is, we, is what we summer can,
0: tour was like with you. We can, was seeing the behind the scenes of these people, <laughs> right? Oh, like my God. These guys. are the things that we
1: saw. You were. Do you remember when I lit Mark Muirhead up?
0: We were in, we were in Charlotte. We were. Oh, no, we were, no, no, no,
1: no. This is when he did camp. Oh, when he was in Appalachian District camp. Yeah. Okay. And. I had already the first time I ever met the man, uh, our our leader. And Harvey, this guy
0: is this guy was a prominent leader at the time yeah, in the Assemblies he w- of God.
1: He was bad mouthing Harvey, oh. and and I I went to Harvey. And I'm like I'm not going to let him talk about you that way again. Anyway, um, what we didn't realize is how jacked up these people were, mm. and I'll never forget walking with him between events in Appalachia at gent. Mm. And it's just me and him. And I said, Sir, I disagree with your techniques. <laughs> <laughs> this, this this dude looked at me like, Who the F are you? <laughs> and he was
0: probably thinking it you, and you, saying it when he got back
1: to his room. You you 20 year old plebe. Yeah. And he I'm like, I just don't think you're exhibiting kindness. I think it would go a long yeah. way if you'd be kinder and uh, I said, I'll leave it at that. With all due respect, sir, I think you should be kinder. Anyway, that wow. was before the lawsuits.
0: Yes. We are in Indiana camp, and we get word that <laughs> that we may have to go to a deposition. Yep. <laughs> because Mark Muirhead had, from the platform at a summer camp, this, in- this kid instructed. who was... ADHD all over the place, had never, never been in this type of setting, keeps yelling out, uh, like he's, he's basically, uh, oh, what, uh, he's heckling. No. No, he's no, heckling. No, 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 no. He, I mean, but the kid had been leading up to the moment where they bring these district of this young district couple up on stage and said, any question you want to ask them? Yeah. Right? Yeah. The kid throws out a question, totally inappropriate. Was it? Was it? What's her bra size? Uh, he said they said that. Um, at, Mark, first of all, Mark the, the wedding, Muirhead,
1: Mark Muirhead had said many bad yeah, things. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Inappropriate.
0: And and Mark is trying to embarrass the the district uh, official, He's, this yeah. this leader, and his young wife. He's trying to embarrass them in front of these junior high kids. Who, they're middle have
1: brought, who have paid to bring him in to be the keynote speaker. Yes, they're the ones who's, who've paid him
0: to speak. They I booked know. him. Yep. And the story comes out, like they're telling the story, and, and Meerhead just keeps pulling it. Like, they're not being forthcoming with this. He won't stop. Right. He's kind of emceeing, M- moderating this panel. And somehow it comes out that at... 15 minutes before the their wedding that they had to cover uh, the district official. His name was Mike. They had to cover his eyes. Right. And they didn't have anything to cover his eyes with. And the mother-in-law or whoever that was in the room grabs the bride's, somebody's bra. Right. To cover his eyes. Right. And then the kid asked a question, something like, what did it smell like? Or Yeah, something like that. Just something what a middle schooler would ask. And all of a sudden, Meerhead yells out, Counselors, grab that kid and give him a wedgie. An atomic yep. wedgie.
1: Yep. Well... But what they didn't realize... What is they that didn't this, realize... This kid's single mom had never been away from home. Well,
0: hold on. Had, before that, before that, are you telling the part about his underwear?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. It, and, and as such, either did not pack enough underwear <laughs> or... Uh, had sullied some, yeah. so He's he's going commando. So I'll never forget, like when he said, "Give him a wedgie," I looked at all of you guys because I was the yes because you are our leader, and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> two steps no, back, no, two <laughs> steps back. And these, here's the thing: all of those counselors were pastors. And they were volunteers, right? They knew yep. better. Yes, but they went in to give the boy a wedgie, and he didn't have any underwear on. So they're just fishing around the boy's butt, <laughs> his naked butt, uh, in his jeans. <laughs> so the boy gets back home and tells his mom, and her pastor is what a state her trooper? pastor is a retired state trooper. And so, all that to say, there was a lawsuit,
0: and and. Imagine the sixth grader saying, yeah, they stuck their hands down my pants and they just kept, they just kept fishing. And when you hear that as a law enforcement person now here, so we, that we were in West Virginia, that happens. The, the incident happens. We then go to Indiana to do a week there. Okay. Only to then come back to, to that camp in West Virginia again. Yeah. Where we had just been the week before. Right. And my back had been jacked up because I'm driving the whole summer. So I'm in a room by myself at the camp and I'm getting out of the shower and there's a knock on the door. Yeah. And I go to the door. Now I know the story of there's an investigation now happening. Okay. Yeah. I go to the door. You're not around. No one's around with me. And a man flashes a badge and it's a federal badge. And he says, we're here to talk to you about some incidents you've had with some kids. Yep. And I freak (laughs) out. I'm like, oh my God, they've named me. I didn't touch the kid. And I'm like, hold on, you gotta let me get, I gotta get dressed and I'll come out. And I'm just scared. Oh my, like out of my, out of my mind. And all of a sudden, Ron Ward, who is a close friend of mine, who in my mind, I'm not thinking, pops out from behind the guy and goes, gotcha. Yep. They were pranking me. Yeah. Ron was in the area with a partner, their federal law enforcement, and they have no idea about the story from two weeks earlier.
1: Right. They're just pranking you.
0: They're just pranking me.
1: But you and I both know that we were like, oh, crap. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my God.
1: We'll have to spend I don't know, the listeners may not want to hear this, but it might be therapeutic for us to spend a a day just recounting tour experiences.
0: Oh gosh. Sugar starting, Bear. starting with Kulisaja.
1: Oh yeah, John Mark.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. Right, John Mark. Uh, and then uh then we would move to the coup. The uh what the,
0: about the What about, coup. what about the um what would you call a sound man who isn't getting along with the keyboard player but secretly controls the keyboard from the back yeah. acting like he can't see the keyboard player giving cues, turn me up.
1: That was you. That was you have got you. me
0: muted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I do. Because you don't know how to play.
1: You <laughs> can talk about Bubba.
0: Talk about Bubba. Talk about the uh Moby.
1: I definitely Moby.
0: Talk about our uh, fellow teams traveling, yeah, and we, yeah, 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 li- yeah. using their funds inappropriately.
1: Our funds, yeah, their
0: funds and our funds.
1: Six Flags with Nana. Six
0: Flags with Nana. <laughs> That's where I was going next.
1: Uh, Roxanne and laundry. Roxanne and La- oh gosh, fleas. Um. Yeah, there's so much to unpack about that.
0: Uh, Cindy.
1: I love Cindy.
0: Uh, Justin in doing his seat bounce.
1: Oh my God. If I had to listen to Plum one more time.
0: (laughs) It wasn't until 20 years later that I didn't know. I didn't realize Plum wasn't a band. It's the girl. Yeah. Didn't know that. All right, man. NASCAR, John Boy and Billy. NASCAR. We had to listen to John Boy and Billy.
1: Justin's older sister. Justin's
0: older sister, who was extremely attractive. I say was. I don't know if she still is.
1: Yeah, she might be.
0: Yeah, yeah. Some good stories.
1: Dave and the whittling stick.
0: Oh gosh, I forgot about the uh, floating down the river at Colusa. I completely missed that and his stick. Yeah. I wonder if he still has that.
1: I don't know. Dave would not listen to our podcast. Most likely. Probably not. All right, man. Well, this was a strange last ten minutes, twenty minutes, thirty minutes hour. Yeah. Sorry, guys. This started one was with flannel cathartic. graphs, this ended up with
0: whittling sticks.
1: This, this one was more cathartic for us than anything. But, <laughs> hey, we are excited. Uh, next week uh, we'll be on, and then we'll be, uh, you'll be hearing us. We'll probably do one or two podcasts leading up to Goose, and then we'll be at Wild Goose. So if any of you are there. If um, you're
0: in the uh, North Carolina area and want to join us for a recording, we'll do at least one from the house. Yeah. And so if you want to come out and be a part of that, just text Matt or myself or DM us on Instagram.
1: Let's try to get uh, maybe Spurdy and Dave Dukason. Yeah, absolutely. Award-winning author. Um,
0: And shout out to Brent who messaged us us this week. Cussers for Christ. Cussers for Christ.
1: Oh, Brent. (laughs) My favorite Mike Rakes moment, throwing a chair across the room. Oh, my God. That was so funny.
0: That was, um,
1: yeah, that
0: intentionally unintentional chair throw.
1: Yeah. Uh, Bill Wade just listened to the Brian McLaren episode. Oh, nice. So we were supposed to talk yesterday and I didn't get to, but. uh, Um,
0: His name came up this week. I was talking with Joel Sims and uh, Bill Wade's name came up when uh, Bill sold Joel his coffee roaster. All right, so, hey Keila. Matt says, "Hey, because we can hear you." She's she's you not a great say, whisper. Hey. You're not a great whisper. It picks up everything that you're talking about in the hallway. Me?
1: Yes. What you hear me talking about? <laughs> I heard you talking about that woman she at work. She can
0: hear you because I have headphones. Hi, buddy.
1: Hey. He says that, hey. wo- that woman at work that you were bad mouthing.
0: Yeah. You were talking about a woman. Just, I'm just kidding, Keela. Oh.
1: You look rested. Oh, yeah. Does that, that mean I, call s- it? I saw your pictures? They were fun. With
0: my, uh, with my top bun? Yeah. The higher it is, the what, more you What's know, the can um, that you have in your hand? Cheese balls?
1: Oh, you and Nicole. Oh, my gosh. Oh, these were lives. I hate oh. cheese balls. I can't stand them? them. I hate them.
0: Have you had these? Yeah. Yeah. They're the good crisp kind.
1: Nope. nope. No good They're crisp. Good. They're good. All right, we'll be I'll be there soon. Monday.
0: I'm excited to Wait see from you. from
1: this Monday. you coming over Monday? Is that what you're doing? I think I'm going to drive over Monday, yeah.
0: Let's have adventures while you're here.
1: I want to. I want to. What do you want to do? So much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so much like me one. We're going to take him to the pool and he can jump off the high dive.
1: Nope. <laughs> I have jacked up jacked ribs. Him. I'm not going to do that.
0: You can do a can opener. Not with these ribs. I have never seen you swim in 30 years of friendship. I'm a good swimmer. I'm a great swimmer. We're going to the pool one day. Well, you're going to the pool, and you're going to do like the old people exercises to help your ribs. Maybe. I'm very buoyant. There's actually a You're what? Buoyant. I'm buoyant. V- I thought you said blant.
1: No, There's it would be it, it would be hard, hard to hard drown me. me.
0: <laughs> that get in, they're like in their 60s, and they get in the circle on the break, like when they blow their whistle. You can. Just oh, I thought them. you were
1: like they, like they toke in the swimming <laughs> pool. yeah 60 year old women come to smoke pot at the wreck yes (laughs) well it's what they do
0: all right well i'm excited to see you buddy yeah you too yeah don't call him him, yep yep
1: i hated it but i was gonna let it go
0: (laughs) i know you were but i felt it i had to check in my spirit
1: yeah all right well i love you both till live i said hey i look forward to seeing y'all i'm gonna close the book room as life is hard and fun and everything in between and it is not meant to be lived alone so find a friend cultivate that friendship and lean in and uh yeah love you man love you buddy talk to you later bye
0: bye we hope you've enjoyed whistle pig and the bear you can follow and message us on instagram at whistlepig underscore the bear thanks for listening